dropping the hammer. No, you're not. And welcome back to Dropping the Hammer with Dale McFadden. I'm Dale McFadden, and uh, we're recording this uh, three days after the inaugural NASCAR Cup Series race at the track formerly known as Gateway. It is now Worldwide Technology Raceway, but for all our purposes, uh, we're just going to call it Gateway. And calling me, calling it Gateway with me today is an OG podcast friend, uh, Daryl Kinsey Jr. Welcome back to Dropping the ha Hammer, Mr. Mr. Kinsey Jr. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me back. And it's funny you say Gateway. I think the entire week leading up, I called it Gateway. I completely <laughs> forgot about the whole worldwide technology thing. It's been Gateway for so long that that's just what the track is. I mean, yeah. What's, I, I, there's I a personally... couple of tracks that have changed names. Like when Lowe's, I kept calling it Charlotte. So yeah. I personal my personal opinion, don't call call it the sponsor name. They're not paying me to call it that. Um, so I'm just gonna call it whatever I want. I want to call it Gateway. So um, I can't. I, yeah, the whole Lowe's Motor Speedway thing that actually started sooner than I thought. That actually started like in 1999. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't think that was a thing until they got into the 2000s. But no, it was it was a thing as as early as 1999. But anyway, uh, again. NASCAR Gateway. It took twenty some odd years for NASCAR's premier circuit to finally, finally make pay a trip to the one point two five two five mile track in Madison, Illinois, within viewing range of the St. Louis St. Louis Arch. And I was there, Daryl, but not as a media member. I was there as a mm -hmm. fan in the grandstands for my first race in the stands as a fan since the two twenty nineteen Southern Five Hundred. Um, I've covered a lot of races since then. First time in the first time in the stands. Uh, so I'm very curious to get our differing views of how that race played out. Um, so let's go with uh, your, yours first. What, what did you think of the inaugural NASCAR Cup race at Gateway? Well, it was fun once drivers started getting uh, pissed off at each other. Because, I mean, I think half the field wanted to fight Ross Chastain by the end of that race. Because yeah. he kept running into people. Um, the main part of the race that I will say is we got to do something about the cup cars on the flat tracks. That is mm -hmm. the one Achilles heel right now with the next-gen car. For whatever reason, probably just needs a little bit more horsepower to get them up out the corner. But the passing really wasn't there in the beginning of the race near the end. It developed that second groove on the top side, got a little bit racier, but the fun part was just seeing these guys get old school pissed at each other. And it became a <laughs> handicap match midway through between Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott with them just trying to take him out. I do not know how Ross Chastain finished that race because I thought one of them was going to get him and nobody put him out the race, but it was an entertaining event once folks got angry with each other. And of course, the finish was amazing with Kyle Bush and Joey Logano again going at it. But <laughs> in that beginning part, to when the Chastain stuff happened, it, it, it really showed. The flat tracks are the Achilles heel mm -hmm. of the next-gen car. Yeah, uh, 
I agree with that to, to, to a sense, but this race was better than Martinsville. Uh, yeah, oh, by, yes, yes. By, by a lot. Um, r- really, if you're, if you're ranking them, it's the Gateway, Richmond, Martinsville. If we're going just off the, the flat tracks, Martinsville was just uh, abysmal. Uh, but no, I, I, like, from the stands, this was a, this was a good, good race. Um, <coughs> um, specifically, because from my memory, the leader, whoever was in the lead of the race, could never run away, like, at all. They were always within five to six car lanes of second place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you always had to have your eye on the front of the pack just in case something happened. And then, of course, Chase Briscoe very quickly loses a tire and go, goes around. So that, that changed things up. Um, and then you had the whole thing with Ross Chastain making enemies of the entire field. Uh, when, <laughs> when, when Ross Chastain, when that, that accident with Hamlin happened, Chastain had been trying since the late stages of the first stage to get by him. Mm. Chastain had the better car, faster car, but it was so hard to pass, he just couldn't get by him. And that was actually the, the closest thing to a battle for position going on at the track at the time. Uh, so it, 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 it was kind of inevitable. And this, this felt like Martinsville. It felt like a big Martinsville where you keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying. And then you just, whatever happens, happens. And that's what happened. Hamlin gets it. He goes in the wall. Um, so, and then, then we got a days of thunder moment. <laughs> so like immediately after the wreck, Hamlin comes over. So someone comes over the radio of the 11 team and says, we're done. But then Hamlin brings it to pit road and uh, apparently they weren't done. And over the 11 radio, you could hear Hamlin demanding that his team put new tires on the car. So it's very much like, <laughs> like cold trickle. In that one scene in Days of Thunder, at, or at, like where the race is over, Russ Wheeler has won the race, and uh, but after you know he screwed over Cold Trickle, and he th- tells them to put new tires on the car so he can go back out and ram Russ Wheeler. Though that's not what Denny Hamlin did. Uh, he he put the fear <laughs> oh, of God in Russ Chastain. Uh, oh yes, he did. <laughs> so I've never, in all my time following NASCAR, I've never seen this happen, where. I mean, the, the closest thing is, you know, Matt, Matt Kenseth and, and Joey Logano at Martinsville, but he wasn't, like, tracking him down throughout the race. He just went back out, and the, the first time Logano came by, goodbye. This, this was – Hamlin goes out and just quickly, just intentionally just drops through the field, just waiting and waiting for Chastain to come, come by. And he does. So coming out turn two, Hamlin – just drives him down to the bottom of the track and Chastain barely keeps from going in the grass and Chastain went off. And then it happened again. Hamlin just, just dropping through the field, just waiting for Chastain. And he he did this multiple times. And each time I, I mean, I I went to the race with my friend Crow, you know, my former co-host. And so like each time, like I'm watching Crow and like elbowing him. It's like, here it comes. Here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting the wreck to come. And I think I actually tweeted it out where I'm surprised Hamlin hasn't wrecked Chastain yet, but this is funner. 
Um, yes. it, it was a lot more fun watching Hamlin just harass Chastain for the rest of the day. And the yeah. best part of that is when they play radio on the TV broadcast of the 11s radio and they say, NASCAR's 10 less, you made it, made your point. And Hamlin goes, ha, yeah, right. I, and he I, just I keeps going for the rest that, of the race. I haven't actually heard that communication yet. Yep. So I, I guess I'm guessing I'll need to listen to Radioactive this week. Yeah. Um, but that, like, there's part of me that's surprised that NASCAR didn't do anything. But what did he do? He technically didn't do anything, right? I mean, technically he didn't wreck him, but he he tried. <laughs> he definitely tried. And I know they said this. No, week no, no. Have if, a no, if he conversation, if, if he wanted to wreck Chastain, he could have. There's oh, he absolutely would have done it. So he absolutely like. That was just him making Denny's day or making Chastain's day miserable. And let let, yeah. let me let me let the record show. I like Ross Chastain. Good guy. Hope he does well. But yeah. I was entertained by by by, by that because I'd never I like, seen that before. I like everybody that was in the situation. You know, Hamlin employs my favorite driver, Chastain, with everything he's been through. Yeah, with the Xfinity Series ride falling apart. Now he's got a great cup series opportunity. I love everybody. That was hilarious. I hope it keeps coming. And I hope we see more drivers get this mad at each other. That's one of the many things that we've been missing on the last decade. Well, not last decade, less half de- less last half decade. We need more drivers getting that mad at each other. Yeah. You know, like Kenseth, um, Kenseth. And I'll just say Penske. It was we, both Keselowski and Logano at the time. And then these two getting at it as well. We need more of this because it just makes the sport more fun. We need long-term rivalries. That is what we yes. need. We don't need, yes. need flash-in-the-pan stuff. We, we, we need a Brad Keselowski-Kyle Bush rivalry. That is what we need. Yes. Um, well, you, did you see what Justin Marks said on Twitter? Yeah. Well, I, Basically I mean, saying bring it on. Oh yeah, well you know he was on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio uh, mm-hmm. Monday, reiterating that, saying, "Hey, if they want to, if they want to fight, let's fight, let's battle." Um, yep. Which is so weird because Mark Marks and Hamlin, they're 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 friendly, they're friends. They they talk to each other, you know, every week, uh, you know, in their roles as um, owners. So it's it's weird for an owner to be poking the bear like this. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any that ever really happening. Can you? I can't think of any rivalry where the owners have gotten into, and one is an owner driver at yeah. that. But Justin Marks is like, look, I want all the smoke, you know, and I feel it. You know, he built this team up, got bought the RCR or not RCR, sorry, the Chip Ganassi team, got Pitbull. Somehow, that is still a weird sentence to say. NASCAR team owner Pitbull, but he's got all this going and he's like, look, I didn't think I'd even be here in three years. I want all this smoke. So just bring all the smoke to me. And I love it. And then he's sticking up for his driver like this. Well, yeah, he has to stand up for his driver, but it, it, I think he, he's been definitely pushing the envelope on defend. Like it's like, well, he did, he did say, you know, Ross, he just didn't, doesn't think Ross did anything wrong. Um, and as I wrote in my column today for French at Frenchrich.com, which you, you guys can go read, uh, it's called The Re-Education of Ross Chastain. 
And it's about how Ross Chastain's aggressive, overly aggressive driving style bores, bears out from how his career in NASCAR has transpired up until, you know, two, three years ago. Scrapping, clawing, and doing so in, like, you know, less than great equipment. Well, now, now he's in winning equipment. He doesn't have to scrap and claw. Uh, he, he's secure for a while. But so he's he's having to come to terms with that and recalibrate his aggressive style um, because he didn't need to be doing what he was doing with Denny Hamlin at that point in the race. No, didn't have to. But it's Ross. Uh, he 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 needs to be going full throttle all the time, getting every position he possibly can, even though he didn't need to be. Um, and like I said, like I said, it felt like a Martinsville race. He was trying and trying and trying and just couldn't do it. And then that happened. So it's very, very strange occurrences. Like he like right after he gets in the Hamlin, I think it's the next is it the was it the next restart or the restart after that where he, he got into Chase Elliott. Yeah, he made it three wide, and then that's also what got BJ McLeod and Chase Elliott mad at each other, which was weird. I I, I, I still like I was there, and I, I never saw anything between Chase and BJ McLeod, so I'm completely so in the dark on that. The one, the one took them three wide, yeah. and got into the nine, which got the nine into the seventy-eight. Okay. I guess BJ felt some sort of way and turned down into Chase, and Chase turned back into him. It was really weird because the, the real perpetrator of that was the one, and no, that just started. I, I really a think weird that whole thing was a fight. racing deal. It was just. It was. It just BJ caught feelings for some reason. But I, I mean, I don't blame Ross for what happened with, with Chastain. Like you said, they were just three wide on a restart. Yeah, it happens. Um, yeah. But Ch- Chastain also said he had like felt he had to apologize to McDowell, and I'm not. I'm not sure why. I, I missed that. I too. never saw what happened between him and McDowell. They didn't. They didn't show it on TV, so I don't okay. really know what it was. All right. Um, so yeah, but then after all, all that. We, we do have that final run there at the end. And let me tell you, Daryl, that final run before the last caution comes out was riveting um, mm-hmm. between Logano and Kyle Busch because Logano oh, so was there, like yeah. hounding him. Like it, and there, there's a part of me that wishes Kevin Harvick hadn't like lost his race because I wanted to know how that was going to play out. Um, because in my head, I was thinking, oh, boy, we, I think we might have ourselves a Darlington 04 finish coming. Um, I think we were. we were. I think we were going to get a Darlington 04 because these two don't like each other anyway. And as hard as they were running, and we know Joey Logano is not afraid to put some money in the wall for the win, see what he did at Darlington, <laughs> I absolutely believe we would have got a Darlington 04, but bigger. But it was – I really wanted to see how that was going to wrap up. It was yet another – barn burner finish for this next gen car this year where i think we've had finishes like this at all the mile and a halves so yeah i think all the mile and a halves we've got a finish like this so oh, it's yeah. been a lot of fun with this car even I'm trying to think have we had a i don't Char- really think we've had a finish where somebody has just won it charlotte kansas where barn burners auto club was a good finish yep auto uh, club was amazing 
Vegas was a Ve- good one. Vegas was good. Um, even Richmond wasn't the best race. It still had a good finish. Um, Richmond had a good finish, but the race needed that track. I don't know what they need to do with that track. I think they just need to bite the bull and repave it, to be honest. Because I think it's another one of those tracks where the grip is just gone, so you can't do anything about it. Well, I, so, it's... Th- there sh- shouldn't be a short track where we're, we're talking about how arrow is affecting the race. And it, that, and that's been the case at Richmond, even before the next gen car. Um, I mean, that's true, but it's also not really a short track. It's like a mini auto club. Yeah, no, no uh, it's a short, wait, it's, how, a short how, it's just barely shorter than Iowa, right? Yeah. It's a short track, but it drives more like a speedway. And it shows with the aero dependency, but that's been a thing. People keep trying to say, well, that's just with this new card. No, that was the thing with the Gen 4. Yeah. We're talking about aero at this place. So I think, I don't know what you can really do for it, to be honest. But yeah. So really, so, so far this year, the bad, the bad races were. Um, Martinsville. Martinsville. Martinsville was awful. Dakota uh, was great. Atlanta was great. Phoenix was good. Bristol Dirt, Phoenix, good. Phoenix had a good finish, but I will not say it was a good race. It, it so was, I will put no, that in the list. It was a list. decent race. It, I mean, the, mm. the two races from last year at Phoenix, I thought were pretty okay. exceptional for that. Yeah. But, like, I, I'm, I basically compare any Phoenix race basically to pre-reconfigured Phoenix. Right. And by that definition, this year's race was decent. So, okay. <laughs> so, like, it had come and goers. It's covers yeah. goers. Chase Briscoe kind of comes out of nowhere and dominates at the end, and you get this that finish between three different drivers at the time who hadn't won. So that was so fun. Okay, so yeah, you're kind of swaying me into swinging that into the good. So it's really Martinsville. Is it really just been Martinsville? Uh, Chase Elliott won Dover. Uh, Dover was really good. Like that's the best Dover race we saw in years, and that's not hyperbole. That was a I, Dover I, I, has had I'm, some dog races the last couple of years. I'm, I'm, so that race I'm kind of vague on the details. I, I can't remember. How. I know we had a lot of comers and goers. I know we had multiple lines. We did have some incidents, but there was a, a lot of good passing. I remember that. Oh, it ended under. Oh, right. Yeah, but. All right. But yeah, but, other than. And the, the all star race. In the All Star race, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's that. In when this car puts on a bad race, you kind of know it's the track at this point. And I think I've talked about on my podcast about Texas, just bulldoze the place and start over, or just bulldoze the place yeah. and put a Walmart up and have the two races at Coda. You know that that track is beyond saving. And the problem is SMI is too stubborn. Yeah, with the Smiths. Yeah, to understand they met that Eddie Gossage messed up, and that track needs to be fixed because between the PJ one, well, <laughs> the reconfiguring of the corners, nobody asked for. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah, it needs to be fixed because of constant efforts to fix it. That's yeah. So, um, but anyway, but uh, yeah, up until this point, Martinsville was the in Texas are really the ones where you're like, oh, that was bad. Um, so. Which I mean, again, like I, I, I've talked on this podcast earlier this this year. Like there, there was like a group of like five tracks or 
driverless tracks where it's like, okay, this car absolutely 100% needs to work at these tracks. Yeah, uh, Kansas, was, Kansas was top on the list. Well, no, no, no top of my list was Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte was the number one track that needed to be, be given a boost. But it was like Fontana, yes. uh, Richmond, Dover, Kansas, Charlotte. That that was that was for me. That was it for me. Those were my tracks for, and for the most part, we're like seventy five percent to the good um, so far. Because because the Coca Cola the Coca Cola six hundred was the best Coca Cola six hundred of recent memory that I can remember. Not even going to argue with you on that one. It absolutely was the best one in the last couple of years, mainly because we didn't have somebody run off and lead like all but 30 laps like was happening yes. with the Gen 6 and especially with the 550 package, my goodness. So the if it was one track, it had to be good at, you're right, with Charlotte. It probably saved Dover. Um, that track was on its way out before this race. Nashville, which comes up in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be interested to see how it runs well, with pre- this car. The, pre- the previous Gen car put on a great race in Nashville. Um, it was one of the few bright spots of the Gen 6 car. So I'm really hoping that it has another good race. Yeah. I actually like this track and want it to stay on the Cup Series schedule. I'm not as big a fan of the fairgrounds. I also don't know how long the fairgrounds is going to stay around because of the NIMBY that's going on down there. We saw the, we, we you know, the five Formula One tracks that are around <laughs> the Nashville Super Speedway. <laughs> God bless that poor woman. Uh, she has become a talk. She's become a, a punchline in this sport. And, and I don't even know what She probably doesn't even know it. <laughs> she does not know it. And people are just making jokes about that the whole time. But that, I that, really what? want them to stay here at the Super Speedway because I don't know how everything is going to go with trying to get the renovations yeah. for the short track and the way these people are pushing down there. Well, I mean, if, like I said, it, like if Nash, if the fairgrounds doesn't happen, you do got, you do have the super speedway, which put on yep. a good race. And what was great about it was last year drivers were, were getting out of the car after like practice saying, wow, this, this is a lot better than I remember. Like, <laughs> it, it, like, because you know it'd been 10 years or whatever but it just it felt like Mm -hmm. both the track and the car or whatever had just finally met at a serendipitous point it was like oh all right so um because i I, from my memory that was the best intermediate race um last year yeah it was without a doubt and the intermediates were not good last year they just were not good at all but um, I wonder if this car is going to make tracks like Chicagoland and, dare I say it, Kentucky come back. No, I don't. No. K- K- Kentucky can just <laughs> go away. You had, you, had your, you had your chance. Sorry. <laughs> Chicago Kentucky should have stayed. Kentucky should have stayed Xfinity Series track. I don't know. Uh, Chicagoland, I, I, I'm hoping that the street course race uh, works out uh, because I just I want to see that. Oh, I, I hate IndyCar on street courses. They're, they're not good races because avoidable, mm-hmm. co- avoidable contact penalties suck. Uh, I, I want to see stock cars going through these tight turns and using their fenders to get around. So I, I think 
think that's I think that race is good. That race is going to be a lot better than what they did on iRacing because for some reason <laughs> they don't have the cautions turned on for iRacing road courses. So that race was just awful. Really? But okay. I do want to see. Yeah, it, it's a whole thing. Um, I do want to see this race in real life, but I, if I had to choose between the street course and Chicagoland, I kind of want to go back to Chicagoland. I'm kind of impartial because Jeff Gordon did win the first race there, but it was also one of the few bright spots of the 550 package because that's where we got the slide job and everything from. Well, the, it was on some good races it, at the end. It wasn't the slide job year that wasn't under the 550 package though. That that was the year before. Oh, yeah, that we, wasn't. That was, it that was, was the year the before. Year and I was mad about that because they were just starting to get that under yeah. their belts. And then 550 came in. and But it, Chicago did put on, I mean, it's last race, the one that Alex Bowman won. We did see that great battle between Bowman and Larson at the end. So Yeah, it was still a good race. And then COVID kind of then, screwed that up. Then COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, well, let's take, let's take a run through the, the the top 10 from sun, Sunday's race. So you had the winner, Joey Logano. He gets his second one of the year. So we now have three drivers who have won twice. Logano, mm-hmm. uh, Ross Chastain, and Mr. William Byron. The Hendrick, drive, Hendrick drivers were just completely out of it uh, this weekend. Like Kyle Larson was the highest finishing driver in 12th. Um, so Kyle Busch was second. Uh, Kurt Busch, third. So another good run for the 2311 uh, 45 car. At least one car over there is doing good. Hey, hey, the other one's got speed, man. They're fast. It does, and they put a setup on it. (laughs) Okay, all right. I'm going to seat the floor to you, Mr. Kinsey. Say what you need to say about. Let's finish the top 10, and then I'll get on my soapbox, because I I got a lot. Um. Let's finish the top 10, then I'll get to that. All right, so Kurt, Kurt Busch third. Uh, Ryan Blaney mm. fourth after he had a, a miserable, well, not a, not a miserable day, but he had a flat tire while, while running up front. Uh, mm. Then he had one bad pit stop that also sent him back to the back. So he came charging up and could have been a factor to win. Uh, Eric Almarola, he started in the top five. He gets a fifth-place finish. Martin Tricks Jr., the will he or won't he retire conversation of the last couple of weeks. He finishes sixth after leading a good chunk of mm-hmm. laps. Eric Jones gets seventh. Uh, Ross Chastain, again, Ross Chastain, after everything he went through today, went through on Sunday, still managed an eighth place finish. And he I was still can't top- believe how that car got to eighth after all that. Well, he, like, he was threatening to be in the top five up until, I think, that final restart. Then he fell back to, yeah. to eighth. Uh, Christopher Bell, he started up front and then like dropped like a rock early on, uh, but he comes back for a ninth place finish. And then AJ Allmendinger, okay, this I'm so impressed by this. AJ Allmendinger had never set foot in Gateway until Sunday. He mm-hmm. he was out Saturday out in Portland uh, in that that crazy rain race, uh, you know, a race where he went off track multiple times, including before the green flag. Uh, went, went a lap down at one point on a road course and comes back and wins in the rain at Portland. And then he goes to Gateway, a track he had never seen, never made a lap on it. And he finished 10th. 
top 10. <laughs> uh, and that's his, someone pointed out his first non-super speedway, non-road course top 10 since uh, I believe it was Martinsville 2018. So great run for AJ Allmendinger and colleague racing. Uh, so like I said, but like this is gateway is kind of like a big Martinsville and he, he's good at Martinsville. So that doesn't kind of surprise me to a degree. What about you? What about you? Kind of transferred over, but he had a entertaining weekend uh, as of himself got to be up there for the, uh, Ty Gibbs shenanigans in Portland. They end up stealing the win from everybody. Um, and I'll take a pause here to say, I love Jesse Awuji. He's a great guy. It's a great story that he's in the Navy and racing NASCAR. But he has no business in the Xfinity series. None. Absolutely. Let's none. just let's just be real. He they just need to go ahead and I forgot who they had running the car at one point. I think it was either Bailey Curry or someone got the car top 20. Just have him on the ownership side with Emmett. Run the car for Curry. It's, it's not working. I looked at the qualifying chart really Friday. Jesse was dead last. Uh, I believe double-digit seconds off the pole. It was... <laughs> It, it was bad. Um, and we, we, we never say, when Jesse comes up, it's never for anything good other than, no. hey, did you know he was in the military? And that you can only play that string for so long. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. All right. Drum, drum roll, please. All right. Here is Daryl Kinsey's 2311 racing. Okay. Let's Deal. let's go ahead and talk about this. Awuji was 14 seconds off the pace. 14, okay, by the way. Be. But um every time this 23 is put in a good position, mm-hmm. some crap happens. Um during the early part of the spring, it was the worst pit crew in the existence of sprint cup print uh pit crews or um cup series print uh pit crews from my age there with that. Um then it's the unbelievable bad luck on the track. Um, perfect example in Gateway, running in the top 15, get caught up in an accident, not of their fault, mm-hmm. uh, a- after a pit stop because the 21 forgets where the brakes are. And then for some reason, do they just get taken out by Ricky Stenhouse? Yeah. Not yeah, that... sure what started that. Well, I, I haven't heard any quote from Stenhouse explaining what happened to it at all um and like it ticked off denny hamlin he said he he rec- he's wrecking for 30th what the f um because he was like right there and then you saw saw hamlin g- give a little bit of a fender to stenhouse so everybody was angry at everybody for some, some reason <laughs> and i'll give uh give some credit to bubba he was in the top 25 when that accident happened despite having a car that was and i've heard this about 15 times on the radio this season horrendously tight mm-hmm. why can they not figure out how to loosen this car up they've obviously figured out how to get it to work for kurt bush why are we still struggling with bubba he is the flagship guy of this team he is the only african-american in the cup series so you know we've seen the twitter anytime he's brought up i don't have to say how he's treated yeah. we already know 
the performance of this team has to be better than what they are giving him because yeah. this season, everything that can go wrong to ruin his day has go wrong. And for the most part, it hasn't been his fault. I will say that he has driven fine, but they've had, they've missed on the setup a lot this year. The pit crew was making just basic mistakes. And they had like three or four loose wheels in a row at some point uh, during um, the early spring. Well, I, I know you had the Coda incident, but I think maybe the next week he did have to pit, which thankfully he now knew what that felt like. So he, yeah. he, he could, he could pit again. Um, but really, the thing that stands out was Kansas. Um, that that one pit stop where he's where was he? Was he sixth, fifth when they came he in? had he, a chance to be in the top five? They were slow. They were over the wall too soon. Got a penalty. Barely they, got back up to tenth when he should have been fighting the forty-five for the win. Yeah, yeah he, he on that pit stop. He said over the radio, "Keep me in this. We can win." And then they didn't keep a minute. So yeah. it was, but I mean, you do have to feel good, Daryl, about the, the, the team, the, the, the way they are performing on track, they, they are better than they were last year, without a doubt. Uh, they're not just a threat at super speedways right now. No. Like w- when they go to Michigan, I don't know how many weeks away from now is Michigan. Watch out. Uh, he has won there, and I would say that Michigan probably drives a lot like Kansas. I mean, he might win there if they actually, you know, can pull off a pit stop and Booty puts a setup under the car that's not dump truck tight or somebody that runs doesn't run out of talent and runs into him for no mm-hmm. reason or the tire doesn't go down while running fourth at a, like at what happened with the Coca-Cola 600 and they got stuck back in the back of the field getting in accidents that had no business with them. And then we forget how the DVP rules yeah. st- uh, work. So he ends up out the race because they told him to ride around, which that's on Booty. And I love Booty Barker. I love Freddie Kraft. He has got to be better. With the setups they bring to the car, with the strategies that they're playing, with the in-race adjustment, this was the same argument we were having when Wheels was on the box. If that car doesn't come out good, they cannot fix it. And it's the same thing again. I will say it till the cows come home. This is the guy the team is built around. This is the guy the sport is hoping to bring them a new audience of folks that look like me. This is the guy that is getting all sorts of hate that he does not deserve. Everybody over there has to be better for this car to perform because it has to perform because for him to be recognized just as good as anybody on that grid, he's got to be twice as good as everybody else. And it's not proving it. They have got to be better with the finishes. End of story. And I will get off my box now. Thanks, Daryl. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell I'm frustrated? do, 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 Do you feel better? A little bit. All right. It's a road course this week, so I don't have a lot <laughs> hey, of expectations. Hey, <laughs> hey, he had a good day at Sonoma last year. He did. He did. He showed a vast I improvement. Just, 
Yeah, I just like to poke fun of him because he hates road courses. Yeah, like, yeah I know. Oh, hey, and, Lord. And he, he had a good day going in the Xfinity race at Coda, too. So Yeah, he did, and then they had an issue there. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, but... Dot, dot, dot. Right. All right. So on the, the last episode of Dropping the Hammer, me and my regular or semi-regular co-host, uh, John, uh, Daryl, we, we came up with a new segment. Uh mm-hmm. Combining uh, Jeff Gluck's good race poll with Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're it's pitting the the poll result for Jeff Gluck's good race poll versus a a movie on Rotten Tomatoes, like comparing the scores. Which which one is higher? So okay. this week. The Gateway poll, the good race poll for Gateway, it received 83.6% said yes, it was a good race. Uh, Of the 17 races in the poll this season, 11 have now gotten 80% 80 or more. So, Daryl, which was higher? The good race poll, which is 83%, or the Rotten Tomatoes score for Chippendale Rescue Rangers? I'm going to say the race was higher because I have not heard if that's about the movie that just came out. Yes. I haven't heard a single good word about that movie since it came out. So I'm going to say the race was higher. All right. What's your guess for the score on for rescue range Chippendales move? Yes. It couldn't have gotten under over 50. I'm going to say 30. Uh, Way higher. No. Yes. 60? Higher. It couldn't be in the 70s. Higher. 80s? Yep. Like 84, 85? No. 86? No, lower. (laughs) Okay. I was about to say. Chippendale Rescue lose. Rangers currently has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes based off 124 reviews. So okay. um, G- Gateway got 83.6 compared to 82%. Okay, apparently <laughs> I've just been hanging out with the wrong people because I haven't heard I the reviews I have heard does not line up with that uh, score at all. I've I've watched it. I watched it the night of the Coke 600. Um, mm. It's not bad. There's some good bits in it, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's not exceptional. So yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. So and I'm not okay. someone who actually watched the original Chippendale TV show. So <laughs> I did, but that was I'm not dating myself. It was a long time ago. I will say that. All right. So. We get Sonoma coming up this weekend, our second road course race of the year. Mm-hmm. What are your expectations? Uh, and we're we're going back to the shoot layout, the 1.99 mile layout after a couple of years doing the carousel. So what what do you, what are you expecting out of Sonoma this weekend, Daryl? It's hard to say because Sonoma it's either chaotic or meh. There's really no in-between when it comes to 
that racetrack, but it is the next gen car. We know that car does perform a lot better at road courses. So these guys will be able to race, but it's also a narrow track. So there's not that many passing zones. So there's going to be a lot of topsy-turvy pit strategy, even with the stages, there's still going to be pit strategy because some folks will be trying to pit before the stage caution to try to get up front for the track position. I think we're going to see a fun race. Um, The shoot going to have a lot of fun brings a passing zone back. In my opinion, going down into, I guess they call it turn 11 for some reason, because they don't renumber the track for the cup series layout, but I'm hoping it's going to be fun. So last year, the race was won by Kyle Larson, who must, it must be said, uh, is coming clearer and clearer that Kyle Larson benefited greatly uh, from the 550 package last year. Can, yes. can we agree on that? Yes, he definitely got a benefit from that package. And uh, it is really showing this year because he has not been as dominant as he was last year. So, yeah, like even, even going into um, this weekend's race, like he only has the one win. Uh, in the last four races, that which goes back to uh, five races, which includes Dover, Darlington, Kansas, Charlotte, and Gateway, he has only one mm-hmm. top five, and that was at Kansas. Uh, mm-hmm. He's finished 12th at Gateway, 9th at Charlotte, and that was after he was leading late. Uh, and then he had his accident on the overtime stuff. Second at Kansas, 36th at Darlington after an engine problem, uh, and 6th at Dover. So mm-hmm. he has... He's he's been leading some. Like he's led he led 51 laps at Charlotte, 29 at Kansas, 30 at Darlington. Um, but this is not this is not 2020 or not this is not 2021. Uh, no, this is not the post one year enforced vacation, Kyle Larson. <laughs> he only he only has uh he has six top fives, eight top tens. So that means he only has two top ten finishes that aren't top fives, uh, and four <clears throat> DNFs. Uh, and since we're going to, to Sonoma, where did he finish at? He finished 29th at Coda, but that, mm. that was after an accident uh, late in the race. Um, so who, who, who do you think is the person we need to be looking out for this weekend? Well, I would say Chase Elliott, but again, he's having issues. So it, it's also been a down season for him, which is surprising, but He's he's really good at these road courses. We know that. So he's one guy that I'm looking out for. I need to see if this driver, yes. You cannot go to a road course in the Cup Series and not look at A.J. Allmendinger yeah. uh, as not being a threat to win. This is his bread and butter, and he's proved it in these cars. Last year with the Gen 6, this year with the uh, Gen 7, he's shown it that he can dominate at these road courses. And if I'm a cup series driver, I'm watching that 16 all, or obviously if I'm another cup series regular, excuse me, I'm watching mm. that 16 all day because he's going to be fast. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Also good on the road courses. That's another guy I'm going to watch. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun to see what Almondinger and the cast of characters can do in this new car at a, New-ish track for the mm-hmm. car, but not a new layout. Yeah. So for NASCAR. So if I have like, if I'm picking a lineup 
plus like a mm. lock. My lock is Alan Almendinger. Uh just because like when's the last time he was on a road course and he wasn't you know competitive? I can't think of think of one. Uh like he mm. he was three turns away from winning Coda and then Ross Chastain happened. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of someone Ross Chastain needs to apologize to. I think I think they're I think they're good. I think they're good at this point for now. But like Almondinger's my lock. And so I've, I'm picking five other five others. I'm almost basically picking the top five from Coda. Uh, mm-hmm. Chastain, uh, Bowman, Elliott, and Tyler Reddick. And then, yeah, throw in... Uh, I'm going to throw in Cendric instead of Truex. Mm. So that, that, those are the people that I will be on the lookout for come, come Sunday at Sonoma. I would... I would take that top three. I almost forgot about Cindric, but he's also good at these road courses. So you got to watch him as well. So I'd have Truex and um, Truex and Cindric as the ones to watch for me. And then that top three from Coda, which if we get another finish like that, it's going to be incredible. All right. So, so while we've been talking, we've gotten a little bit of breaking news uh, across the wire. Uh, from Nice Motorsports, uh, Daniel Suarez is on standby for Carson Hosevar in the Truck mm-hmm. Series race this weekend at Sonoma Raceway. Uh, from the press release from the team, as Carson Hosevar continues to recover from injuries sustained during a last lap incident in the Truck Series race at Worldwide Technology Raceway on June 4th, Daniel Suarez, driver of the number 99 NASCAR Cup Series Chevrolet for Trackhouse Racing, has been tabbed to be on standby in the event of a driver change during saturday's race so uh i'm guessing that means sounds like host of is at least going to try to give it a go yeah but um, i think i think it's a foot injury with him they haven't i'm reading through here i don't see anything that specifically says but yeah it's yeah just a lower i believe it's they said a lower his lower right extremity. That's what they said in the press release uh, earlier this week. Which I don't know why you need to say just extremity say foot or leg say foot. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know what are you get... trying to hide? This is not the NFL. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Bill Belichick? Right. <laughs> they think well, someone's I mean, going to use that as an advantage. He's in a car, dude. <laughs> He's not yeah, out I mean, there running four four forties. So, yeah. That's all. Yeah, all it says as he recovers from injuries sustained. Yeah, uh, it appears that Carson Hosevar is at least going to at least give it a go, and Soros will be on standby. So he's at least going to he's at least going to start. I don't know if he's going to finish. I mean, it's a road course. Yeah, that, that's going to be heck on his foot, even if it's just the gas pedal foot. He's. I mean, I, if I'm them, just sit Carson out at least for this weekend or whatever because uh, mm-hmm. it is a road course and uh, um, he, he'll get a waiver they have never not given a waiver for they give a- they gave a waiver to drivers that were suspended so <laughs> they just give waivers out to everybody you get a waiver you get a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah uh that's really all i could think of off the top of my head related to gateway or sonoma is there anything mm-hmm. big picture that's on your mind about NASCAR 2022, Daryl? 
Well, I'm wishing Homestead wasn't so far away because <laughs> that car, this car, when it gets to Homestead, is going to put on the best race of the season. I'm calling my shot right now. I mean, that track made the 550 car, uh, package look good with this package that we have on the next gen cars with the lower downforce and the 670 horsepower. It's going to be a show. And I'm glad they put it in the playoffs. But man, I wish that track had two dates because it would be amazing to see. Um, that's really what I'm looking forward to. That's what I've been looking forward to all season. But it's going to be weird going into July still and no Daytona. Um, still getting used to that. And uh, Indy needs to go back to the Oval. Just going to put that out there. Well, uh, um, eventually. Um, because I, I, I enjoyed the road course race last year except except for the, the chaos that as a result of the curbing it yeah was that great, was it was a great race course. it was an absolute great race um so i want to see a full race without curbing issues and then yeah. then then let's talk um but no like like we were talking earlier about tracks that needed to be improved like uh dustin long my old colleague at nbc sports he did a story uh last weekend getting drivers opinions on whether the next gen car would improve racing on, on the oval. And most of the responses he got were, I believe Ryan Blaney was one of them were saying, actually, I think it'll be, it'd be worse, um, which is odd. Okay. Um, yeah. That, that's odd. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, at least, at least do a test, send, send the next gen car to the oval for a test, at least. Um, We'll see, see how that works out. Um, but any anything else that aside from oh you said homestead two races. Yep. The I'm of the mind that the only races that need to or the only tracks that need two races are Daytona, Haldega, Bristol, Martinsville. That's it. I can see that. Yeah. No, like homestead's great but you want to make that one race special you want it to pop oh wait darlington darlington two Dar darlington two races yeah darlington needs to keep its two races um i like the atlanta repay but that can go to one race as far as i'm concerned and you can just make it 500 miles again so uh that 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 race in march was just brutally long man like Make that 400 miles, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. I mean, it, it was a riveting race to watch, but it just took forever. Um, yeah. So long. I don't know if that had to do just with the cautions or whatnot, but it was it was weird because it's on a much shorter track than Daytona or Talladega, but it was just as long. So, yeah. all right. Well, that's all I think I can think of for tonight. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you everyone who for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan McFadden uh, and subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Dan McFadden. Uh, Daryl, where can they find you? So you can find me on Twitter at DK Junior 12. You can also find my podcast, Twitter, The Extra Mile, at The Extra Mile, I-E-S-R. 
We'll be going live tomorrow. I was when this is already out at 8 p.m. on our show. So take a listen to this and then come pop over and join us later on. Going to be talking a lot of good things this weekend about what happened with Gateway. And we got the Mod 24 coming up this weekend. Cannot wait for that race. So we're going to talk about that as well. But uh, well, I'm look. Uh, I, I, I've the first time I will watch Le Mans will be next year when there's that Hendrick car in it. So that'll be the first time. I'm like, all right, that's let, let's see what you got. I have no idea how that car is going to do. To be honest, I don't know if it's going to finish the race, but um, we'll see. I don't think any of those Garage 56 cars have finished the race, but we'll see. It's not about the results; it's about the effort. Um, <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so who? Okay, who? Who's actually your pick to win this weekend? I go AJ Allmendinger, to be honest. Okay. I, I think he's going to get it done. He is really strong on road courses, and I think he's going to put it on him on uh, Sunday. I, I've been of the mind to just pick Tyler Reddick until he wins these last few <laughs> weeks. Um, Who was doing that? Somebody was doing a bit like that back in the race day era. Oh, God. I got to remember it now. Um, somebody had one. And it was either John Roberts or it was John Roberts who uh, kept picking the same guy until they won. I don't think they ever did, but I can't even remember today. It's been too well, long since well, I that know show. My, my former colleague at NBC Sports, Nate Ryan, there was one year where Kyle Busch was in a slump and he just started, I'm just going to pick Kyle Busch until he wins. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, Tyler Reddick, he, he, he's got the car, man. he's got it he just needs everything just to line up for him finally he he desperately needs the luck to line up for him because it just weird stuff happens to him at the end of these races that cost him yeah i'm I'm gonna go with tyler attic again until until he wins uh but also again watch out for ross chastain you just you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> all right uh but this has been dropping the hammer of Daniel McFadden. i'm Daniel McFadden. please like and subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform and i will talk to you again next time have a great day mm.